Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. Except we finished the Bible, so now we're talking about stories that seem like they should be in there, but simply aren't. My name is Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's get biblical. But before we do, we have to remind you of the grounded rules, as we call them here on this show, because we're normal and friends. Mm-hmm. They've been finely ground to a, a thin powder. That's right. First of all, this is not a show for children, nor is it a Christian Bible study program. True. And uh, I'm the ex-Christian. I was raised Presbyterian. I'm now an atheist. And I'm the non-believing sort of Jew. Lauren. Yes? I'm so happy to be here talking about topics with two of my favorite people. Do you know who they are? (laughs) Me and bourbon? (laughs) No, honey. (laughs) You, my lovely wife and Uh co-conspirator. And you, the listener, and our loyal fans. Oh, the listener. Now, what are we going to talk at them slash with them about? Well, last episode we talked about angels. Uh, just, you know, angels in general, mm-hmm. you know, those those guys with all the wings and the eyes. You see um, them floating around from here to there. This week, we're going to talk about the most important angels. How do we know they're important? Because they have names. Mm-hmm. Named angels. That's right. Names give things immense power and they can take them away, too. Who are the named angels, Lauren? Well, the ones that that are most popular that you've probably heard of are archangels arc you know she did an amazing hand gesture with that just to paint a picture there (laughs) they're like arch angels like Mm -hmm. an archduke Mm -hmm. but these are angels so they're oh like ff mm -hmm. and uh according to different traditions there are two three four Hmm? seven what ten or twelve archangels oh my Now, the top two are Michael and Gabriel. Mm -hmm. You've heard of them. Everybody's top two. If there's a third, it's Raphael. Mm. If there's a fourth, it's Fanuel or Uriel. Mm. Or for Muslims, Azrael, Mm. who is the angel of death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then after that, it's a real hodgepodge. You got, you know. It's a real grab bag. um, Anafiel, Raguel, Salafiel, Remiel. Barakiel, Yehudiel, just... Mm-hmm. Fadzikiel's in there. I think he's in there. The main place where we've seen archangels before, acting together in concert as archangels, mm-hmm. is in the Apocryphal Book of Enoch, which we covered many years ago in a previous episode. And those were like the four big boys. That's right. Who were good angel men. And they opposed the evil fuck angels and their forbidden knowledge. And they taught Enoch all about how, you know, this shit works. Yeah, they taught him secret codes. Right. Such as makeup. No, that was the evil fuck angels. (laughs) Get your story straight, Lauren. I'm sorry. Um, And, of course, we've encountered the archangels in their manifestation as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, which already have two archangel-related names, Raphael and Michael Angelo. Wow. Cracking the code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, what about him? <laughs> Who is he? What do we know about him? He's the most... <laughs> she said that with a look of desperation in her <laughs> eye. Where's this joke going? I don't know. <laughs> Michael, his name means... Well, in Hebrew, it's like Michael. Mm-hmm. L means God. Right. That's why all the angels... They're always something of God, and that's mm-hmm. why they all end with L. Um, so, he is either he who is like God Mm -hmm. or perhaps the question, who is like God? Great question, Michael. I think it's you. he's like the leader of the argument. He's like the top angel. He's the undisputed champ. Yeah, he's the champ. He's not named in like the early books of the Bible, Mm -hmm. but he does show up in the book of Daniel. He's, of course, retconned into earlier stories in the post-biblical period. So, you know, maybe he's... One of the three angels who visit Abraham and Sarah to tell them that they're going to have a child. Maybe he was the one who stayed uh, Abraham's hand and put a lamb in place of Isaac when he was going to be sacrificed. During the binding of Isaac. He might be the angel who wrestles with Jacob and so on. He's like, he's just like the main angel guy. And so you can put him in any kind of angel related story. Right. Oh, and they did. And they did. Uh, In Catholicism... He's the angel of death who guides your soul up to heaven Mm. when you die. 
And so he's often depicted holding a scale because he's like weighing your soul. The Jewish version of that same idea is interesting. They, it paints Michael as the high priest in heaven of the Jews. Yes. There's kind of a, so there's the temple in Jerusalem right. down on earth. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a heavenly equivalent where Michael is the high priest. Up in third heaven or fourth heaven, depending on who you're reading. Could be seventh heaven. That's right. Don't know. Could be outer heaven. That's a metal gear. Look it up, folks. I don't care to. The angel of death thing does go back to Jewish myth in some ways, though, Mm. um, because there are a lot of stories, like folk stories from outside the Bible, where he's the one who brings a patriarch's soul up to God. So, like, Mm. when Abraham dies, Michael goes and gets the soul. When Jacob dies, Michael goes and gets the soul. Um, He keeps the devil from stealing Moses' body. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, I didn't know the devil was in the hunt for him. What was he going to do? Frankenstein him? Well... That's a matter of debate, um, and you'll have to bring it up at your next satanic meeting. I will. In Catholicism, he's also a saint, Saint Michael. Mm-hmm. I find it weird. And I think that's cheating. I find it weird that you can make an archangel a saint. I don't agree with it. Be- I mean, like, I don't remember all the rules for how a saint is created. You know, they have to have done X number of miracles. Yes, although it's different. The angel doesn't have to go through canonization. Right. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. But I still think it's cheating. I feel like sainthood should be reserved for human beings. Cause like, and the occasional excellent animal. <laughs> Saint, Non-human animal, obviously. Saint Jude the capybara. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if capybara, you know, like converted thousands and thousands of people and purified the water of a town and died a martyr for, you know, preaching God's word? Mm-hmm. What if a capybara did that? Then you'd have to make him a saint. There's just no other option. You'd simply have to. So I uh, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem fair. To, like an angel isn't tempted to sin. That's like one of the big differences between humans and angels. That's so true. Because we want to, you know. Sainthood is like the example of the best things that you can do with your limited time on earth, just right? Just call him an angel. He's already above a saint. Isn't that? Yeah, I thought so. But whatever. Whatever. Uh, he's also a warrior figure, mm-hmm. commonly. Uh, the book of Revelation says he's going to defeat Satan and his armies, mm-hmm. you know, during the, the final battle. Of course, in Paradise Lost, uh, Milton made him angel slice Satan. That's right. During the, the battle when Satan falls. In the Greek Orthodox Church, he's known as the Taxiarch. That's awesome. That's a great name. The Taxiarch is a brigadier. What is a brigadier? I don't know. Some sort of military leader. He, he he's, commands he's in charge a brigade. Of, in charge of a brigade, yeah. How big is a brigade? Oh, I don't know. Isn't, isn't it like a thousand people? I don't that doesn't know. seem like that much for an archangel to command, but... Well, what if it was a thousand angels, and they were each made of thousands of angels? If the thousands of angels are each made of thousands of angels, then I would say that's a taxi arc. Um, Seventh-day Adventists and Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Michael is the heavenly version of Jesus. When he's down on earth, he's called Jesus. When he's up in heaven, he's called Michael. I don't buy it. Well, oh, I mean, like, what does it matter whether I buy it? <laughs> don't buy it. I mean, I mean, his name means he who is like God. Jesus is very like God. He is God. Right. Some would say, uh-huh. such as Christians. I'm confused. Uh, he's also seen as like a patron angel, mm-hmm. a guardian angel of first of the Jewish people. That's right. And then of the Christian church. Uh, and if you look at like... So they, they imply that Michael was the advocate for, for Judaism for, you know, thousands of years, mm-hmm. but then he jumped ship to Christianity. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's, see, now I find that a little unbelievable. Yeah, Michael is anti-Semitic. <laughs> wow. Uh, if you look at different like countries, they'll always be like, well, <laughs> Michael is our patron angel, mm. you know, or like different groups. And it just seems, it also seems like cheating to me. It's like, yeah, he's the strongest angel. He's up at the top of the hierarchy. You can't just be like, oh, he's he's a saint and he's our angel. And he likes us. <laughs> there is a uh, a medieval commentary by a, a Spaniard named Abarbanel. Abarbanel. Yeah. Who described Michael as the advocate and like the, the great prince of Judaism, like the, the protector angel of Judaism fighting against the protector angels of all of the nations around them in the Bible, mm-hmm. including the the angel of Canaan and the angel of Egypt, whose name was Uzzah. Mm. And I like this. I like this world where each sort of group or nation has its own patron angel, and they pretty much duke it out, you know, 
And it's polytheism, but on a technicality, it's not. That's right. Um, I also have a great quote here from the book uh, From Gabriel to Lucifer by Valerie Rees, one of my uh, research sources for this episode. Michael was said to be the angelic guard of Israel and was later claimed as the guardian of the new Israel, Puritan England. (laughs) (laughs) What do Puritans think angels look like, you know? God, I don't know. I mean... So not sexy. Definitely not sexy. No, I don't think they have sex. They reproduce by budding Puritans. That's right. My understanding as well. Um, Stories about Michael. When some pagans attacked the Christian church in uh, Kone, in what is now Turkey. You sound like you're doing a a late night monologue. Have you heard heard this? Have you heard this? (laughs) Did you hear about about these pagans attacking the Christian church in Kone? Have you heard this? Uh, Michael... Uh, diverted the river Lycus. <laughs> no, actually, the pagans diverted the river Lycus. That seems like more trouble than it's worth. They diverted a whole river just to flood this church? Well, okay. Uh, they diverted a river to flood the church, and Michael used lightning mm-hmm. to strike a chasm into the rock, and then the water all went in there, and then it didn't flood the church. That's weird. I mean, he... and And the water gained magical healing power. Well, he is the angel of water, right? He's associated what? with... What? I thought he was like the Prince of Fire. No. Or no, he's the Prince of Hail. No, no, no. Oh, no. You're getting your angels all mixed no, up. No, look. The world is getting their angels mixed up because mm. there's a, a million different traditions. And they just stick Michael wherever they want him because he's the strongest angel. That's true. Memorable name. Great look. Cool backstory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about, about his great look. And he has been depicted in art a million That's times. That's right. I, I have a little... IMDb angel special here. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you do you want to know sometimes that Michael has been portrayed on the silver screen? Well, uh, before that, I mm. would like to talk about how he's portrayed on the canvas screen of, <laughs> of sure. paintings. Okay. Um, I don't have any. So paintings are like just in case our listeners don't know. Yeah, it's like, like a movie. They're like boring movies, but that yeah, don't but move. it doesn't move. Yeah. So it's a stilly, <laughs> and uh. I, Is that a slur? <laughs> I actually didn't write anything down about this, except that he was painted by Michelangelo, mm-hmm. who was named after him mm-hmm. in the Sistine Chapel. See, that's cool. Ninja Turtle power. Yeah, full circle Illuminati. Yeah, Michael, Angel, paint him, eat pizza, defeat Shredder. <laughs> Isn't it weird, though, that Michael... Uh huh. Is like the Leonardo of the Archangels. Yeah, he's the boring one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The leader yeah. one. He, um, Leonardo wears blue, color of water. Michael's the angel of water. See? Mm-hmm. There you have it. It's archetypes. It's like Jungian. It's in the subconscious. It is. Leonardo, Michael. How, who can deny it? Yeah. Do, do you need me to draw you a fork and map? Okay, tell me about the movies. Oh, my God. I fucking forgot about John Travolta. That's right. You did. Holy shit. It's been so long since I saw that movie. Yeah. So Travolta played him in a movie called Michael. Yes. Where he's a kindly archangel who has to, like, get his mojo back, basically. He's not kindly. He's more horny. That's his main trait. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's down on Earth because he forgot he doesn't want to be an angel anymore. Yeah, because he wants to have sex. Mm -hmm. He's also played by Paul Bettany in a movie called Legion, a very, well... I don't want to say it's a bad movie. Let's just say it's a movie I didn't enjoy hmm. because of its many bad qualities. Hmm. Uh, Eric Roberts played him in The Prophecy. I don't know who that is. Well, it's probably for the best. A fellow who I don't know named Tobias Mailer or Mueller played him in Wishmaster 3 Beyond the Gates of Hell. Okay. <laughs> I missed the first two in the Wishmaster series. That sounds like a porno. <laughs> it really doesn't, though. Wait, why, but why is it a sequel when it doesn't have an original? That only happens uh, no, no, for no. pornos. There are... Two other Wishmaster movies. I don't believe you. I don't. You've just created this fiction where I <laughs> tell you about Wishmaster 3 and you think there aren't any other Wishmasters. I've never heard of them. Well, I, there are plenty of things that you haven't heard of. And I hate to break this to you. Oh, no. She's very mad at me now. Wishmaster 3 breaks up yet another marriage? Question mark. Why'd you have to do it to him, Wishmaster? Yeah, because it's a porno. Anyway, let's move on to Gabriel, Mm -hmm. the second most important archangel. His name in Hebrew is Gavriel, 
or greatness of God. He's called um, the revealer, the protector, the left hand of God. Yes, he's the left hand. So he's like uh, kind of just below Michael in the hierarchy. Um, most famous for dude, dude. For for what? For a little dude, dude. What's the dude, dude? He plays upon the trump. Oh, he plays upon the trump. I actually don't think that's his most famous role. Okay. I think his most famous role is uh, the Annunciation, announcing mm. to the Virgin Mary mm-hmm. that she's pregnant with Jesus. Cool. With the with the words that become the Hail Mary or Ave Maria prayer, mm. which I don't know because I wasn't raised Catholic. He also appears. That's so. That's in um, the Gospel of Luke. Right. And he's he, one of the. He's only he and Michael are named in the New Testament, right? Um. Yes, and in the and in the Old Testament, Old Testament, right. yeah, those are the only ones that are named in the canonical Bible, mm. I believe. Um, he also appears to Zacharias in the Book of Luke to tell him that his wife Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Right. Um, he does appear in the Old Testament as well. He explains visions for Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, visions for Daniel, hardcore <laughs> band from <laughs> from nineteen ninety three. Uh, you know, the shaggy goat has four horns, uh-huh. that that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a, if, if a spy, you know, you sit down on the park bench and you're like, the shaggy goat has four horns. Right, like a religious spy novel. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's also retconned into a lot of make stories. a million dollars for <laughs> He shows up uh, in the same way that Michael does. Like, oh, maybe he was one of the three angels that visited Abraham. <laughs> right. Oh, maybe he wrestled with Jacob, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in Islam, he's the one who reveals the Quran to Muhammad. Wow. And according to a hadith, he has 600 emerald wings. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of wings, baby. That's too many wings, in mm-hmm. my opinion. What else you got about Gabriel? Um, so I talked about him playing the trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... Blowing that's that brass. For... Um, the the last the, the last days. What do you call him? The fucking apocalypse. End of days. Yeah, yeah end of days. Apocalypse. Armageddon, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Uh, the earliest identification of Gabriel as the trumpeter comes from John Wycliffe. Hmm. That's like pretty late. Yeah, it is quite late. That's in the 14th century. Yeah. Um, so that's relatively recent, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I've always thought I, the only thing I had in my mind was that Gabriel plays that trumpet. Yeah. Because. Um, that's interesting. I definitely think of him as announcing to Mary that she's pregnant. Hmm. Um, well, he could do both. He's, yeah. he's multivalent. I think in the KJV, it uses the word Trump instead of trumpet. That's right. However, I do think we should bleep that out on this <laughs> podcast. Have you seen all of the like QAnon insane end of days memes about Trump? No. They, they always involve that translation. Do they really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's not even. That's just. Yeah. It, I don't know what to tell you. It was in Greek. It didn't, yeah. Okay. Uh, Raphael. Another Ninja Turtle, mm-hmm. the third most important archangel. Um, his name means healing of God. So he often has a healing role. He's less of a warrior than uh, Michael or Gabriel. And where they're said to sometimes be the, the angel who wrestles with Jacob, he is sometimes said to be um, the one who heals the hip injury mm-hmm. that Jacob gets. He's uh, a support angel. Yes. Right? You got your tank. You got your DPS you got your support you got and your, your utility, yeah. right? Uh, and you may remember that uh, Jacob's sciatic nerve <laughs> is is injured during Inflamed. the fight. Mm-hmm. And that is why it is not kosher to eat the sciatic nerve. And some kosher butchers will simply chop off the back half of the cow and send it to a non-kosher market because it's so labor-intensive to extract the sciatic nerve. Hmm. Raphael, uh, of course, helps our hero out in the apocryphal book of Tobit which you can hear more about in our Tobit episode. He does some healing there. And let me tell you, he can really work wonders with a fish gallbladder. That's right. He heals the blind. um, And for some reason, he spends the entire story disguised as Azarias, the son of the great Ananias, and acts like kind of a jerk. And then at the end, he's like, "Um, I believe that you noticed that I didn't eat or drink anything because I'm an angel. <laughs> Which is such narrative bullshit because like... Because like the, he, that wasn't pointed out to us during the narrative. Right. How, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, but then we feel like idiots because we didn't crack the code. And we were like, oh, it never mentioned him eating or drinking. It's like when you have a detective novel, like the clues need to be in there. You mm. can't just mm. make it something, you mm. know? Um, 
My personal favorite depiction of Raphael is in Paradise Lost. Uh, We covered this on the Fall of Satan episode. Um, And it's when he tells Adam that not only do angels fuck, they super fuck on a metaphysical level. Yeah. (laughs) And bodies don't get in the way. So we can deem Raphael the fuck master of heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, who is he in the Ninja Turtles? He's the sarcastic one. That's right. Well, he's the edgy one. The edge, the edge lord. I don't think that fits with his archangel persona. Mm. I think that is more like who's the healer of the Ninja Turtles? Donatello? I guess sort of by default. Mm. I mean, it depends on what you think of the restorative powers of pizza. Mm. Because Michelangelo then might be the healer. Wow. You've given me a lot to think about. That would make Donatello utility, of course. Raphael would be DPS. And Leonardo's the tank. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, Who's the fourth archangel? The fourth archangel is a fellow named Uriel. Or Fanuel. Hmm. If it's Fanuel... What do those those names mean? Well, Fanuel means face of God. Panim. Mm -hmm. um, And Uriel is light of God. The Urim and Thummim, you may remember. Right, right, right. Urim is light. There's... uh, Kind of miscellaneous stories about Uriel. He's even more miscellaneous than the others because lots got, of times I mean, he like, doesn't even count as an archangel. Right. His name is split. Like like we were saying earlier, in the Bible, there's two, right? Yes. There's Michael and... Gabriel. Gabriel. There's Mikey and Gabe. Mikey and Gaby. Then some people extend it to Raphael. Who's in the Apocrypha that are in the Catholic Bible. So right, he's in and the, the Orthodox the Church. Deuterocanon, right. quote unquote. So, but then after that, it's, we're entering the sketch realm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like we're stepping into the sketch in AHA's classic music video. Take on me. Take one. Hmm? Take five. I miss. I misread. By AHA. <laughs> um, so Uriel, like there's, okay, there's a story where uh, Michael and Uriel bury Adam when he dies, thus teaching humans that they're supposed to bury the dead. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. According to Enoch. Uriel is one of the holy angels who is over the world and over Tartarus. Mm-hmm. So that's the like plane of the damned, the pre-hell, I guess, in Judaism. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously some mixing with Greek ideas there. Yeah. And then, of course, the Book of Enoch is our only like extant copy is in Ge'ez from Ethiopia. Right. So, so who knows who, yeah. what, what that means, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, he is a big deal in that book. Yeah, because he's like. Um, he's the fourth archangel. He's the guy who leads Enoch through heaven the same way Dante was led through hell by, who the fuck was that? Herodotus? Plutarch? Who the hell was that? <laughs> I literally don't remember. I also don't I remember. I think it was Plutarch. It was Plutarch. I definitely mm-hmm. was not. Mm-hmm. I know, the only thing I know it is was that Aristotle. I'm wrong. <laughs> um, uh, also, you know when uh, God went to kill Moses? I and, do remember when and, God went uh, to kill Moses. And his wife saves him by emergency circumcising their son. Mm-hmm. Might have been Uriel as a giant serpent that started swallowing him from his feet to the place of his circumcision, quote unquote. Wow. That's from uh, one of these books that I read, Tree of Souls by Howard Schwartz or Jewish Mythology by David Goldstein. We're just playing it loose on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, Guess who else might have wrestled Jacob? This guy? Is this guy. Right. Who's got 680 wings and might have wrestled Jacob? (laughs) A newspaper. (laughs) Uh, oh. <laughs> Are you sad about the death of print media? No. Back to IMDb for a moment. Uh-huh. Do you know who played Uriel in the television program Lucifer? <laughs> I, I'm proud to say that I do not. It's a fine actor, writer, director, producer. Wow, he sounds like a real renaissance man. He Almost kind- like he could be a Ninja Turtle. That's right. I mean, I would pay money to see that. Maybe on Broadway. Let me know. Who is he? Michael Imperioli. What? A.K.A. Christopher? Christopher. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Played Oriel. What did he do? What does he do in the show? I don't know. He was only on two episodes. Uh, so presumably not a lot. Oriel kind of gets the short end of the stick here, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like your fourth favorite angel and probably not even that. He's like the Raphael of the angels. <laughs> you are obsessed with the Ninja Turtles <laughs> and I don't know why. Well, who wouldn't be? I mean... They're party dudes. They do have a lot of tood, and they can kick shell. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. They are pretty bodacious. 
Uh, awesome and totally tubular. Yeah, let's hmm. take, let's uh, let's take a break. You're right. I do need to reconsider this. Yeah, we're gonna step off mic. We're gonna talk about the Ninja Turtles um, for forty to ninety minutes, and then we'll be back. Actually, for you, because of the magic of time dilation, aka audio editing, it's gonna be about a minute. You're gonna hear some music, and we'll be right back. Bye. Bye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we're talking about named angels such as archangels. Before we go any further, I do want to apologize to our listeners for getting too fixated on the Ninja Turtles during the first half of the show. That's right. We had a a breezy 75-minute discussion. For the second half of the show, I will only be focusing on Hogwarts houses. So I think Michael is a Gryffindor. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put Raphael... In Hufflepuff. Yeah. But then, like, who do you think is the Slytherin? Uh, Uriel. Hands down. No questions. I will not be reading replies. Okay. Um, so those are the Archangels for the most part. Yeah. Those are the top four. So in addition to the Archangels, there are other angels that come up in various traditions who are mm-hmm. important enough to have names. That's right. But they're not necessarily Archangels. Which is a weird distinction, right? I mean, yeah, it's somewhat arbitrary, but... The most famous one is Metatron. That's right. The angel who gets the award for sounding most like a transformer. Yes. So Metatron is a weird, unique angel Mm -hmm. in that he used to be... He's a beautiful, unique snowflake of an angel. He used to be a human. Mm. He used to be Enoch, Mm. the great-grandfather of Noah... The namesake of the apocryphal weird-ass book of Enoch. But in regular old Genesis, he lives 365 years, and then it says he was no more because God took him away, Mm. which is generally thought to mean that he ascended into heaven without dying. And then according to some traditions that are very much not in the Bible, he becomes an angel named Metatron, a.k.a. the great scribe. A.K.A. the Prince of the Presence. A.K.A. the Angel of the Veils. Now, how come all the other angels are named Raphael and Uriel and something L and Metatron is a robot from the 80s? No one knows. Let's pop into the etymology corner. (gasps) I've got a new Foley sound for us. Pretty good. Thanks. I can't believe we only paid $799 (laughs) for that sound library. Nobody knows the etymology of this weird-ass word. It could have come from... The Hebrew memater, which mm. is to guard or watch. Some people think Mithras, right? The the Akkadian god demon thing? The magical 
armor in Lord of the Rings? I mean, sort of, right? But Yeah, so it could have come from Hebrew and been like Greekified. Yeah. Could have come from Greek and been Hebrewified. Could have come from anywhere. I always heard this word and thought it was a weird Latin word and that mm. this was like a Catholic invention. Right. But no, most, I mean, I don't think Catholics believe in Metatron. It's a Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, he appears in the Talmud. Um, he's especially important in Kabbalah. Right. It's just a weird ass name. Yeah. In Kabbalah, he's given number one angel status. Yes. Um, Which is a huge upset. Yeah. For Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad news for Michael. Um, he's like the most powerful angel ever. And he's exceedingly freaky. He's made of fire. He's got 72 wings, 365 eyes. Uh, and, of course, in the movie Dogma, he is portrayed by Alan Rickman, who orders douce tequilas, por favor. Yeah, Dogma. It was a movie. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't hold up that well, but it's okay. Probably not. In some traditions, mainly weird mystical ones, Metatron is so powerful that he becomes known as the Lesser Yahweh. Mm. And God reveals all the secrets of the universe to him. He sits on a throne... Wearing a crown with the secrets of creation written on it. Wow. Uh, he has like a magical... Well, that's, isn't that the one place that you can't read them if they're on a crown that you're wearing? Well, yeah, he already knows them. Oh. God already revealed everything. That's why he's them. wearing the crown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a magical garment full of uh, light and secrets. Oh, just like Adam did. And he writes down all the deeds of Israel in a book, which is why he's called the Great Scribe or Recording Angel. Oh, I talked about the uh, the old recording angel in, in uh, our angels episode. Yeah, sometimes that fellow's name. Sometimes it's Metatron, mm. uh, and then every so often he makes all the other lesser angels around him go jump in a river of fire so that he uh, can say God's true name out loud without them hearing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So there's this whole concept of the angels of the presence, mm-hmm. who are the only beings strong enough to withstand the actual presence of God. And sometimes those are conflated with archangels, sometimes not. And Metatron's one of them. Obviously, our top four guys are in that rank. Mm -hmm. And there are a bunch of others, too, but, like, the extras sort of depend on who you're reading. But Metatron's in there for sure. Did you read about the story of the four sages entering the orchard? I did not read about that. Uh, Okay, so this is four famous rabbis from, like, the first and second centuries— they're, you know, like the the biggest names. Um, and All your favorite rabbis. Yeah, right? all your favorite rabbis. And they visit the orchard, which is uh, Pardes. It's taken from uh, Persian. Okay. And that's where we get the word paradise. Oh. Oh, wait. Back in the etymology corner. Pardes in Persian means orchard. Paradise, because, you know, like Garden of Eden, whatever. They're taken up to paradise. And only Rabbi Akiva survives. Hmm. Of the rest, one dies from the experience. Fair enough. One uh, loses his mind. And then one becomes a heretic because he sees Metatron mm-hmm. seated on a throne wearing a crown. Mm. And he thinks there must be a second god. And from then on, he's known as Acher, which means the other. Ooh. And he's still referred to anytime anybody talks about him, he's known as Acher, the other. That's that bad rabbi? Uh, Yeah. I mean, but you're not talking about Metatron, referred to as the other. You're talking no, about yeah, that yeah. bad rabbi. Yeah, the bad rabbi. Got it. I mean, I don't know if he was a bad rabbi in life. He became a bad rabbi according to legend. Got it. And then he's always trying to to get other people to leave the Embrace faith. his heresies? Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, and God gave Metatron 60 lashes with a fire whip for not uh, correcting him Shit. and telling him, hey, I'm not a second god. Wow. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. There, there are some... There were some writings, I think, in the Haggadah uh-huh. um, talking about celebrating Metatron for 10 days of the year as a lesser god. Yeah. Because of his uh, because of his supposed role in creation or something like yeah, that. Yeah, sometimes uh, certain traditions will make either archangels or Metatron like part of creation. Like mm-hmm. God created the angels on the first day and then the angels like helped create everything else, stuff like that. So... Metatron is like this mini god, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting on his mini throne wearing mm-hmm. his mini crown. But the weird thing is in a, a lot of Kabbalistic stuff and, mm-hmm. and Midrashim and stuff, he's got a twin. Yes. Because there's another person in the regular canonical Bible who ascends directly to heaven without dying. Right. 
and that's Elijah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may remember in the book of Second Kings, Elijah and his protege Elisha. His confusingly named protege. Yes. Uh, we're walking along and talking together when suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. So when he gets to heaven, according to some traditions, particularly Kabbalah, he becomes the angel Sandalphon. Right. Winning the award for the most J.R.R. Tolkien name in this whole Archangels okay, episode, let's which run. is not a it's not a prestigious award. Let's run but. to the etymology corner. Nobody knows about this one either. Just a weird ass angel name. The most popular theory is that it's from a Greek word that must have been similar to synadelphos. Hmm. Syn meaning the same as in synonym. Mm-hmm. Adelphos meaning brothers as in Philadelphia, the brother, the city of brotherly love. Apparently, the modern Greek word for coworker is synadelphos because hmm. it's like United w- Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, because Sandalphon is Metatron's like twin that also was transformed from human to angel, he's his uh, his synadelphos. Yeah, it's weird though. I mean, because how can you call one angel the twin of another when? One has all this crazy mythology built up about being like a, a lesser god and the speaker for God, the voice of God is mm-hmm. another thing that Metatron is called. He's like a big deal angel. But Sandalphon. He's just kind of. <laughs> he's he's the, like, and the other one. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's the king of the of the Ophanim, the wheels. Sometimes. He's the wheel king. Mm-hmm. Um, Sand, sandal Ophanim. I don't know. Um, he's described as tall. Like really tall. Like, yes. Like apparently a 500-year foot journey taller than the next tallest angel. Wow. That's a tall boy. That's a really tall angel. But he's, but he's the twin of Metatron? Yeah. He's he's usually like a very high-ranking but a little less than Metatron. And his main role is that he stands behind the throne of God and listens to the prayers of the people of Israel. Mm. And then he weaves those prayers into crowns and puts the crowns on God's head. And then all the other angels in heaven simply go wild. Wow, stacking crowns? Yeah. Holy shit. So he's talking about transferring the currency of prayer into the currency of heaven, which Uh is Which is crowns, crowns. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody loves... Stacking crowns. Yeah, and they just start, you know, they start chanting, holy, mm-hmm. holy, holy, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Yeah. Okay, interesting. It's a big, it's a big scene. I wonder if, you know, I wonder if Sandalphon gets his beak wet, you know, t- keeps a little, oh. keeps a little prayers for himself, tucks him into the pocket, let's say. A little, little something extra for Papa? That's right. Maybe goes back home, makes a, makes just a, like a mini crown for himself. I don't think so, because I think he'd get 60 lashes with a fire whip. I think you're probably right, at least. Knowing God these days? Come on. Now, we mentioned that uh, Metatron and Sandalphon are, are big in Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. Very big in Kabbalah and, these days. Uh, <laughs> we have some other named angels who appear in, in multiple traditions, but they're the biggest in Kabbalah. I've got a list of them. You want to hear some? I would love to. Lay those angel names on me. Number one, we got Raziel. Cool. That means the secret of God. Mm-hmm. And he's the angel of secrets. <laughs> and he gave Adam a pre-Torah Torah. Wow. Because I guess... R- advanced copy? Yeah. Yeah. He got an ARC. He got a galley? Um, I guess it was kind of difficult for rabbis to accept that, like... You it got was never Abraham and before. Isaac and Jacob who mm-hmm. didn't have the Torah, right? Because right? Moses receives the Torah from God on Mount Sinai. So they came up with various ways to get around that, such as an angel giving ways. Adam right. a pre-Torah Torah uh, engraved in a sapphire. And uh, it taught him secrets about the world that even other angels didn't know. Uh-huh. Then we've got... Why didn't Adam act like that then? Well... <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's an important lesson. God can give you all the education in the world, and you can still act an ass. I mean, yeah, it does seem a little confusing that then, like, his sin was eating of the tree of knowledge when he Mm -hmm. already had, like, all the knowledge that even angels didn't have. But, you know, whatever. Uh, Well, is the tree of knowledge more convenient than carrying around a a, a a sapphire sapphire, engraved with the entire, tablet, like, secrets of the universe? Mm -hmm. Yes, is the answer. I I don't know. The human condition is, is... the search for convenience. 
Um, Don't ask any questions about that. There actually is another angel, Yephaphiah. Okay. And he's the angel who can teach you the whole Torah in one sitting. What? Another uh, what a convenience legend. angel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, convenience angel. Now that sounds like a euphemism. Um, Hadarniel or Hadraniel, majesty of God. Uh-huh. He tells Adam not to share the secret sapphire Torah uh, with like other angels. Right. Who, so he's got the lawyer. Who want to know the secret. He's the NDA lawyer. Mm-hmm. NDA angel. Uh, he the also non, non-disclosure angel. He also doesn't think Moses should receive the Torah. He's he's against uh, the spread of knowledge. That's right, trade secrets. And God has to reprimand him for trying to spook Moses off when mm. Moses comes up to the top of Mount Sinai. Uh, also, he's two point one million miles tall. What? That's pretty fucking tall. Yeah, I'm like, well, how did he even? How did he scare Moses when Moses would just have seen like a wall? That was his toe. <laughs> what if you know? he was very, very thin, though? <laughs> <laughs> like infinitesimally thin. Uh, we got Tzadkiel. That's the grace of God. Right. Um, and It's the angel of sauces and dips. <laughs> well, Tzadik means like uh, righteous. Uh-huh. Righteous one. Means writer, huh? <laughs> sauces and dips. Uh, and I guess in Hasidism, this is a very big concept of mm. being like a tzaddik, a, a righteous yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I actually have heard that, but I like sauces and dips more. Uh, so the uh, so he's like kind of the the angel of tzaddikim. The Kabbalist rabbi Chaim Vital mm-hmm. uh, once said a magic word into a mirror, and Sadkiel came out like a Bloody Mary. Wow! Yes. And he told him how to try to hasten the end of the world and the uh, arrival of the Messiah. So it sounds like he's actually a bad guy. <laughs> it does sound a little like he's a bad guy. <laughs> but who am I to say? Uh, there's two angels named Shofariel. Okay. Of course, Shofar is... The, Those are the horns of God, right? Yeah, they're like the the ram's horn mm-hmm. trumpet. Um, and they guard the book of life and the book of death in heaven. But they have the same name? Uh, yeah, Man, so, that's got to be confusing on payroll day, well, right? Well, they have like... What, and they're definitely going to get each other's checks. They and they're have... They're going to be like, I have to talk to you because Shofariel is getting paid 15% more than me to do the exact same thing. One of them might be a woman too. I don't know. Not, oh, neither of them are women or men. They're probably both men. But um, I guess in some Kabbalah traditions, there's like several... In, like the top-ranking angels have the name Yahweh built into their name. That's so right. they're Shafariel, Yahweh, and then the two Shafariels have uh, another epithet after mm-hmm. that. Um, basically, Kabbalah angels are all about guarding or revealing secret knowledge. Mm. They're giving it to Adam. They're trying to stop it from going to Moses, whatever. They're, they're guarding or, or revealing secrets. And that's, uh, and that's Kabbalah angels. But, of course, there's... I wish I wish that we could like just go through all the named angels in all the traditions of Judaism. Mm-hmm. We'd be here a million years though, but of course, um some other important ones to hit. Samael, who we mentioned earlier, right. aka Azazel, aka Satan, who is the uh, the adversary. Yeah, he's the accusing angel mm-hmm. and he falls from heaven, you know, stuff like that. Um we've got five great destroying angels. What? And they have weird names. They don't have the something L names. We've got, uh, they just have names that like correspond to what they are. So we've got off, which means anger, uh, chema, which means fury, ketsef, which means displeasure, chashmed, destruction, and chashbeth, annihilation. Wow. Annihilation, 2018. Uh, <laughs> Of course, we remember from the Lilith episode, there were those three angels, Sanoi, Sansnoi, and Samangaloth. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just, there's a bunch of other folk angels like that. Yeah. Um, some of them have the L names, some of them don't. But you can just, you know, sub them in whenever you need to talk about magic shit. Right. Where did this idea of, like, named angels come from, right? Because in the Bible, there are only two. Mm-hmm. But then... Later on, people, like, go back and add all these named angels in. I don't know. I think it's just um, a way to syncretize folk traditions Hmm. with official religion. Hmm. Whatever your, you know, whatever strain of Judaism or, you know, 
moving forward into Christianity and Islam, whatever official strain you're living with, um, you're going to have to incorporate your folk traditions into it somehow. Mm. Um, or some conquerors are going to beat that out of you with violence, one or the other. Right. So, I don't know. They probably come from different mythologies, and I don't know. Well, there's this theory. There's Oh, you have a theory. I don't have a theory. I can pass along the things I've gathered. All right. Like so many berries from so many roads. All right. Before the Babylonian exile, there were no named angels. Oh. After the Babylonian exile, there's an explosion of named angels. That makes sense because, yeah, like the earliest they're mentioned is like in the book of Daniel. That's where Michael and Gabriel are first mentioned. And that was written quite late Mm -hmm. and after the Babylonian exile. That's right. Popular in... Babylon at the time and in Iraq and then and in Mesopotamia in general were the, the some in some cases the remnants but lots of things descended from Zoroastrianism. Oh yes, including I, the Parsi faith for I, example. Yeah, I did read something about this cuz in Zoroastrianism there's the Amesha Spentas, right? That's right. There's seven holy beings that are basically emanations of the good and evil sort of gods that run the world. Uh-huh. Um, well, there's but, only one god. The Zoroastrianism is kind of the, the first uh, monotheism. Right, but it also has religion. a strong element of dualism. Mm-hmm. There's a good one and a bad one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there are seven emanations, basically, that, that that are holy beings that have names like, you know, the flawless and the holy perfection and the good tidings and Man, stuff so like that. so this emanation shit started real early. Yeah, it did. Hmm. But... They were big into, like, these seven holy beings being, like, the council that that holds the, the good world together, you know? And there are many, like, sub-angels and sub-demons, mm-hmm. and they all square off against, like, it's like a big army of angels versus army of demons kind of thing. And I, I know I'm grossly oversimplifying the, the theology, but it's strictly for the Apologies purposes Apologies to of, all our Zoroastrian listeners. Well, I mean, it it, it is a... Kind of a big deal in world religion, right? And it's like academically important. So I, I apologize for simplifying and to our Zoroastrian listeners. Both. But I think it's interesting that the angel explosion, you know, <laughs> comes after being exposed to... To a different culture. To a culture that has that already had a, a strong angelology. But that's an interesting feature for Judaism to have adopted, which then bled into... Christianity and Christianity. Islam. But that exhausts... My archangel knowledge, and uh, I'm spent. Amesha Spenta. Aren't we both? We um, are. <laughs> Lauren. Yeah. How would you rate these archangels? I'm gonna say like four out of seven engraved sapphires. Mm-hmm. Angels occupy a weird space for me where I feel like it's called third heaven. <laughs> um, no, there's one guarding the door of each level of heaven for me. I I feel like they're um. They don't have like the earthy relatability of of like folk tales, uh-huh. but then they also don't have the like authenticity that comes with with like theology. Mm-hmm. They're kind of halfway in between, mm-hmm. and so they I, I don't know they they don't quite hit me in the right place. But you know, Metatron, right? He's a he's a robot, right? And uh, I respect him. I think that's a strong position. Defensible, too. Uh, what are you going to rate these I'm going to give them four out of five Ninja Turtles. Oh, what? Five Ninja Turtles? Don't tell anyone The else. fifth beetle. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I mean, you got to have a strong supporting cast in a story like religion, mm-hmm. right? And I find it fascinating, it's the same way that when we talked about the different ranks of angels and everything, that there are these main angels that really are theologically kind of questionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Metatron is extremely theologically questionable. Like, he's so supreme that one of the great sages mistakes him for a second god. Right. So I, I have no idea what's going on with that, and I, you know, haven't engaged with it properly, and I'll admit that. Well, that's because you aren't 40 yet, and you have to be 40 and married before you can study Kabbalah. That's true. One one check off the list. All right, so we've got like eight years, and... No, can... no, no, we've got 12 years, my Oh, dear. right, 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 you're right. <laughs> that's not, that's, I get confused. 
she doesn't it's okay she doesn't know when my birthday is but um but look i i like this idea of the supreme council of archangels up there helping god right hand left hand all points of the compass etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. it's fun to me i find it enjoyable good for you i think it's cheating that they get to be saints too i think sainthood should be for humans but i am not the catholic church and or any God of the Orthodox churches. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't have married you. Oh. Then I'd be a nun. You would be a nun. But I'm, I thought they were married to Jesus. Well, Jesus is married to the church, so. Oh, it's a it's a, it's a thruple. thing? Yeah, it's a thruple. Oh. Hmm. I feel like I'm learning a lot today. Mm-hmm. But I've learned exactly enough because that's <laughs> the end of the episode. Great. You can follow the show on Twitter at sunschooldrop. You can follow me on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. O'Neill spelled with an A as in Archangel. You can follow me on Twitter at Nico Bakulich. N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H. Uh, we're on Facebook at Sunday School Dropouts. And if you want to email us, we are uh, at contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. That's sundayschooldropouts.lol, not .com. .com is bad. Dot com is bad, except for the character in 30 Rock, who is frankly a delight. As always, we want to thank Elise Carlton for our beautiful logo, and I thank Nico for our editing, sound engineering, and original musacs. Thank you, my dear. And I want to thank you for being a wonderful co-host nigh these many eps and years. This is your performance review, and I'm going to give you excellent plus. Wow. Thanks. I really feel like a member of the team. You are a member of the team. A valued one. There will be no raises this year. Okay, we'll see you on Sunday. Bye.